Let's open with prayer. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. My Heavenly Father, I thank you. Father, let the power of my Lord be great. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And Father, let us only see Jesus. Let us only see Jesus. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's turn to John 10. It's kind of like Joel's old. Turn to Mark 14. Right. John 10. And I'm going to begin in verse 34. Actually, we'll begin in 33. The Jews answered him saying, For good works stone we thee not, but for blasphemy. Because thou being a man... Makest thyself God. And Jesus answered them. And he is lovely. Jesus always answers with the word of God. He said, it is not written in your law. I said, you are gods. He said, if he called them gods unto whom the word of God came. And here's where we want to get to. And the scripture cannot be broken. The scripture cannot be broken. The word of God is stronger than the world you stand on. The, world, the word of God was here before the world even formed and it'll be here long after. The, word, the world is gone. The word of God is forever. The earth, what we see with our eyes is not. But the word of God is. The word of God cannot be broken. And we can stand on that word. We can trust in that word. We can put our faith in that word because it can't be broken and it will hold. It'll hold. It'll do what it says. Now, with that, Romans 2.11. And Paul is talking to here to the Jew and the Gentile. And he says in verse 11, it says, For... There is no respect of persons with God. There is no respect of persons with God. And in this passage, he's talking to the Jew and the Gentile. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, for some reason, they made the Jew a little bit more important than the rest of us. A little more special. You were a little more special if you were Jew. That verse right there, the word of God, says there is no respecter of persons with God. Now, years ago, I, I was having some difficulty with some people that I had to associate with. And I remember I was a little intimidated by them. And they were, they, they were Christians. And, and, I, and I finally opened up and told God that. And you know what he answered me? It was amazing. I, I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking on this, but the Spirit of God said, you know what, Kathy? I love you. Same as I love them. I love you as much as I love them. You know that intimidation melted away. We are all equal in God's eyes. He says that right here. He shows no respect of persons. None. What happens? He responds to faith. That's all. He responds to faith. He responds to faith. He loves everyone, but he responds to faith. 
Ever had that child? Ever had children like that, you, us mothers? You know, you love them all. But one of them comes to talk to you. And you deal with that one. All right, now, let's go one more verse. Let's go to uh, John 14, verse 10. This is the foundation of these teachings. And we are talking about how Jesus deals with women. John, 10, uh, John 14, verse 10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me? These are the words of Jesus. The words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself. Jesus did not speak his own words. He said, but, uh, but the Father that dwelleth in me, he doeth the works. Jesus, when he was walking on the earth like we did, like we do, Jesus was a vessel for the Holy Ghost. And he was a vessel for the Father. He was in the Father, and the Father was in him. And so, the Jesus, the words he spoke were by the Father. The works that he did, he did by the Holy Ghost. And they were the works of the Father. And you know what? He made it so we can do the same thing. He made it so we can be the same way. That the words we speak are the words of the Father through the Holy Ghost. And the works that we do, the works of the Father through the Holy Ghost. That's why Jesus spent so much time working with us. Now, let's go. Let's find another woman. Luke 13. I don't know about you, but these teachings are really blessing me. And they are opening up to me things I never knew. Always in the Word of God, but they are being opened to us by revelation. I never realized the compassion and the love that the Father has to women until I started this. I really didn't. Now, if you will go with me to let's Luke 13. We're going to begin in verse 10. And Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath day. And 11, and behold, there was a woman, a woman, which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bowed together and could no wise lift up herself. And when Jesus saw her, when Jesus saw her, notice the woman didn't volunteer. She didn't go after Jesus. Jesus saw her and he knew from the Holy Ghost that was in him that she had been bound 18 years and she couldn't get, she couldn't lift herself up. Have you ever seen a woman like this? I grew up in a, a little town in Ohio and there was a man that lived right down the road that had just this same thing. He was bowed over like this and he could not straighten up. He couldn't. He lived in a tiny little house. All right. It says, and he laid, um, and when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. And he said unto him, Woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Notice this woman had two things wrong with her. She had a spirit of infirmity. That's a devil. She had a spirit of infirmity. And she was bowed over and she couldn't lift up. Jesus did two things. He cast out the devil. He said that when he said, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. Thou art loosed from that spirit that makes you sick. Saints, the devil is our enemy. The devil is our enemy. This woman here had a devil. And it was causing 
her sickness. It was causing where she couldn't stand up. Jesus said, woman, thou art loosed from thine infirmity. She cast, he cast the devil out of her. And then look what he did. And he laid hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. And glorified God. She didn't ask to be healed. Nowhere in here does it say that she had her hand up or anything. She didn't ask. But you know what's the, what's the wonderful thing is? Look at this. Jesus saw her. She was in a place where Jesus was. She was in a place where Jesus was. And he saw her. And he saw that she was bound that way 18 years and couldn't lift up herself. He saw her. That is the compassion of Jesus and the Father. Remember, Jesus never did anything except the Father told him to. It was the Holy Ghost in him, and he saw the woman, and he had compassion on her, and he called her over. He called her over. This is where we want to get to, folks. This is why we're laying down our life. This is what we want to get to. We want to get to this. Now, let's go on. It says, and the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, the religious guy. All right? Man under the law. He said, and the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath day and said unto the people, there are six days in which men ought to work in them, therefore come and be healed and not on the Sabbath day. Under the law, you are not allowed to work on the Sabbath day. And they called Jesus healing the woman work. He said, you're working. You can't work on the Sabbath day. You know, Jesus says in the word of God, you got somebody here greater than the Sabbath. And he was talking about himself. And look how Jesus answers. Look how Jesus answers. He's got the woman here he just healed. And he's got the, the religious people. He's got, all the, he's got the Pharisees, the rulers. And the Lord answered him. The Lord answered him. And I love it. This is our Messiah. This is the man that walked in love. This is the man that we are supposed to walk in love like. Oh, how many times have we heard people have, have accused of saying, you don't walk in love. You don't walk in love. Here's the man of love. And notice what he says to the ruler of the synagogue. Thou hypocrite. In front of everybody. With this woman he just healed. In front of everybody. He's teaching. It says he's teaching in the synagogue. He looks at the ruler of the synagogue. And he says, thou hypocrite. You don't know Jesus. We don't know Jesus. He called the man a hypocrite in front of everybody. Boy, I bet that went over. They probably said, that man doesn't teach in love. He said, thou hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath day loose his ox and his ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And look at this next statement. And ought not this woman, ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? Does not this woman being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan, 
The devil has bound, lo, these 18 years be loosed on the Sabbath day. What did Jesus want? He wanted her healed. He wanted her healed. His desire was to get her healed. And who cares what day it is? Now, when I first read this, years ago, I said, well, of course, she's a daughter of Abraham. Jesus shows no respect of persons. But just to reiterate that, turn with me to 1 Peter 1. Peter, the man, Jesus' right-hand man, writes in the book of Peter, verse 1, chapter 1, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, he witnessed everything. He said, to the strangers, to the strangers, scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. Those are the Gentiles. In this book, he is not talking to the Jews. He is not talking to the Jews. He is talking to the Gentiles. He wrote a book to the Gentiles. And he says right here, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the Gentiles, the strangers, scattered throughout. And that's Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia. That's up around Greece, Turkey, that whole area. He said, elect according to the foreknowledge of God. Did you know that you were elect according to the foreknowledge of God? Do you know if you were born again, you are elect? If you are born again, you are elect. And you can be elect by being born again. It says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you in peace by, be multiplied. That blood, that blood. Now, with that, turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 6. There's a marvelous little truth hiding in this verse. It says, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. It says, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Whose daughters are you? Whose daughters are you? The Gentiles. Whose daughters are you sitting in this sanctuary? Whose daughters are you? Whose daughters are you as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement? Do you know? That by the word of God that cannot be broken, you are a daughter of Abraham. You are a daughter of Abraham. Are you born again? Are you uh, trying to do well? Are you working at doing well? You are a daughter of Abraham. And all the blessings that come to a daughter of Abraham are yours. You know, not only does it happen because of this, but it also happens because Jesus broke down that wall on the cross between the Jew and the Gentile, and we are all the same. That's why Romans 2 can say there is no respecter of persons with God. None. You are equal to the Jew. You are equal to the Jew, and you are equal. You are a daughter of Abraham. You are more a daughter of Abraham than the Jewish woman that doesn't believe in the Messiah. 
because you got the Jew in you. You are a daughter of Abraham. And you know what? You can go to God with that. I have. I love it. You got to listen to me. I'm a daughter of Abraham. All right. Now, turn with me to 1 John 3, 8. We are looking at this woman. Why? Jesus. Why? Jesus called her over. A woman bowed over with a spirit of infirmity. And you know what's amazing? Jesus never, when that woman, when he called her over, when Jesus called that woman over, he didn't lean over to her and say, now what sin did you commit that you're like this? Did he? He did not. He didn't ask her, and what did your parents do? He didn't ask that. He didn't look at her any other way than he was going to get this woman healed. Why? You know, sometimes when, when we get sick, we think, what did I do now? What did I do to let the devil in? Oh, yeah, that'll let the devil in. But you know what the, what the wonderful thing is we're going to see? Jesus took care of both ends of that candle. He took care of both ends. He took care of the sin that caused it, and he took care of the sickness. He took care of both of them. He took care of both of them. First, John 3. I'm going to go in verse 8. It says, He that committeth sin is of the devil. For the devil sinneth from the beginning. And look at this. For this purpose. For this purpose. For this purpose purpose. Jesus, the Son of God, was manifested. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He did not come to destroy you. We've already been over that. Jesus didn't come to destroy you. He came to destroy the works of the devil. And he came to destroy the works of the devil in you. He called the woman over because his desire was to get her healed. His compassion, his love was to get her healed. That's why he came. That's why he came. He came to get us healed. He came to get us forgiven. He came to make us prosperous. He came to give us peace. It says it in John, uh, what is it? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world, he sent Jesus that whosoever believeth in him might be saved. You could say fixed. Might be fixed. He's going to take care of all of it. He's going to take care of the sin, the curses, all that causes the diseases. He'll take care of it. And you know what? He can do it all at once. He can do it all at once. He can do it all at once. All right? Let's go. I want us to go to, uh, let's go to Matthew 8. Uh, this is a, this is, concerning a man, but I want us to get this in our heart. Remember, everything that Jesus said, the Father had him say. 
And Jesus said while he was on the earth, he said, my words are spirit in their life. Every single word that Jesus speaks in this Bible is the word of God. Every single word is not just for that person. It's for all eternity. It is for all humanity. Anything that Jesus speaks, it's for humanity. It's for you and I. There's no respect of persons. Jesus makes a remarkable statement here. We need to get in our hearts. We need to get in our hearts. All right, let's go to uh, chapter 8, verse 1. And when Jesus came down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him. Worshipped him. We all know how to get Jesus' attention now, don't we? We worship him. And this leper came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. If you want to, Jesus, you can make me clean. If you want to, Jesus, you can heal me. And look how Jesus answers him. Jesus puts forth his hand and touched a leper. He touched the leper. In those days, you don't touch a leper. You were not allowed to touch a leper. Why? Because they thought when you touch the leper, you get it. Does this bother Jesus? No. He reached out. He touched the leper. And look at what he answers him. He says, I will. I will. I will. Have any of you ever asked God, have any of you ever asked Jesus, would you heal me? Do you want to heal me? Do you really want to heal me, Jesus? Is it your will that you heal me? Is it your will that you heal me? What was his answer here? I will. I will. I will. Jesus didn't go to the cross. He didn't take on all our sicknesses and diseases on that body to turn around and tell you, no, it's not my will. We're pretty dumb, aren't we? Sometimes we're real dumb. That body. Let's go to Jeremiah. I mean, I'm sorry, Isaiah 50. Isaiah 50. I'm going to go to verse 5. This is Jesus. And he is speaking. And he is speaking what he needed to do to get that woman bound over healed. What did he need to do to get that woman that was bound over and with a spirit of infirmity 18 years. When he took her, when he called her over, this is what he knew he was getting ready to do. You know, the man Jesus knew from his earliest days. It says from his youth, he knew where he was headed. It says he knew when he was headed. And when he was talking at 12 with the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and they were all amazed at how much he knew the scriptures. Well, he was the son of God. He was the word of God. But he had studied them. And you know what he knew? It was him. He knew it was him. And he knew when he called that woman over to, to lay his hands on her, to, to release, to loose her from the power of the devil, he knew what was coming down the road. He knew why he could do that for the woman. Because very soon, very soon, he was going to the cross. Isaiah 50. And what he was going to carry was what that woman had. Verse 5, Isaiah 50. The Lord God has opened my ear. That's Jesus. 
He says in Psalm 88, I knew I was going to die from my youth up. I knew I was going to die from my youth up. He said, the Lord God has opened in my ear, and I was not rebellious, neither turned away back. He said, I gave my back to the smiters. I gave my back to the smiters. I gave my back to the smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I hid not my face from shame and spitting, for the Lord God will help me. Therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like flint, and I know I shall not be ashamed. Do you know when Jesus took the scourge? You know, it was, I've, I've heard it, you've got to read the word. People say, well, that was, that was the 39, or the 40 lashes save one. No, it wasn't. It was the Roman scourge. It wasn't the Jewish whip. It was the Roman scourge. The Roman scourge, the Romans didn't have a limit on how many times you could be hit. They didn't have a limit. In fact, their purpose was to get you so close to death that you weren't going to spend a whole lot of time on that cross. That was the whole purpose. And Jesus knew it was coming. When he called that woman over to him, he knew what was coming. He knew he was going to take the scourge for her. He knew that they were going to hit him with the scourge and his back was going to be ripped open. He knew it. You know, several months back when I asked God, I said, show me. Show me about this. Give me the revelation of Jesus taking the scourge. And someone, one of my family, put up a picture on Facebook. And it wasn't up there very long because it was so hideous they, that the Facebook took it down. But it was a man that had been tortured. And the picture, he was tortured by they tore his back apart. They ripped his back open and tore it apart. And I looked at that picture and the, my first thought was, why are you putting something so wicked on Facebook. And then I realized that my idea of Jesus taking the scourge was nowhere near of what it really was. That man's back was ripped apart. Blood everywhere. From me. From me. Ripped apart from me. Ripped apart for that woman ripped apart for you for you he gave his back to the smiters and it was ripped apart for you for you when he took the scourge he took your sickness your cancer your arthritis your um your heart disease, your high blood pressure, your diabetes. He took it. He gave his back to the smiters for you. And he gave his back, the smiters, for that woman that was bowed over and could no wise lift up herself. That's why he could lay his hands on her and she was healed. Do you know it is all done? Every sickness, every disease, every pain that we'll have has been put on that body. The only thing God wants 
The only thing that is necessary is we have to believe it. That's all that's missing. The work is done. We have to believe. We have to believe. And the first thing you must do for Jesus to work with you, to heal you, to set you free, to forgive your sins, is you must get Jesus in you. You must get him in you. And you get him in you by being born again, by receiving Jesus. And it is easy. It is simple, but so profound. God made it easy because he loves you. He's not going to make it hard. He's not going to give you something you cannot do. That would, be, that would not be just to require something of you that you cannot do. There is grace enough to do anything God has us to do. And there is grace to be born again. All you must do is say, Jesus, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Come into my heart. Come into my heart. I believe that you are raised from the dead. And when that happens, you are born again. You are born again. You got the Jew in you. And you become a daughter and a son of Abraham. And you receive all the blessings that Jesus bought for you on the cross. Amen. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com. Or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, Care of Water of Life Church, Post Office Box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.